Hi and welcome to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm your host Renee Bennett and this is a leadership podcast for ordinary girls compelled to lead an extraordinary life. Make sure you come and find me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. Well, hey guys, welcome to the podcast, The Girl Next Door. I am your host Renee Bennett and in fact, I'm going to let my guest today introduce the podcast the way she thinks podcast should be introduced go for it my beautiful guest hello 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 and welcome back to girl next door how are you guys oh that was a radio voice good job can anyone guess the voice who is it i have next to me today i have got my daughter georgia bennett welcome g hi thanks for having me it's really nice to have you this will be fun doing a podcast together um So we're going to talk today about why effective leaders are not moody and it is a really interesting topic that we're going to delve into. We're going to talk about how to not raise a moody girl. We're going to talk about what does it look like, what happens when you're um, a leader who's moody as opposed to someone who's stable. So anyway, we want to get started, but the reason that I brought Georgia along today is because she would have to be the least moody person that I've ever met in my life. Is that a pretty good rap for you, G? It is. It is. We'll get into that. We'll find out a little bit about G in just a second. But I think we can all think about when I say, do you know someone who's moody? I bet your bottom dollar, every one of us can think about or name somebody either mm. in our family or I don't know, on a youth team that we serve on or in church or school, school, work. <laughs> who's moody and uh, who enjoys working with and being with a moody person. Not me. But not me. So we want to talk about how your effectiveness to lead actually depends on your ability to be stable emotionally. And unstable moody leaders are actually less effective than stable leaders. Did you know that, G? I do now. (laughs) <laughs> you already knew that because <laughs> no, I've taught you that your whole life. So this is particularly true for girls. So just before we get a bit of an intro from G, I wanted to quickly talk about the difference between girls versus guys, right? So for example, I often say that Cameron can say something to someone and people think, oh, cool, that no worries. He's just being the boss, right? But if mm. I say the same thing, being a girl it can come across like moody or catty. And I think that's because girls tend to be more emotional when we speak. And guys, like I know with Cameron, he can tend to withdraw his emotion more and just be more factual. And that's actually okay. Sometimes it does annoy me. Sometimes I'm like, why can't I just say stuff? And people don't take it the wrong way because if Cameron says it, they don't take it the wrong way. And if I say it, people get all upset. But I often have to remind myself that It is what it is. And I'm just aware that being a girl, I need to have a different approach to what sometimes the guys around me have. And that doesn't make us inferior. Um, And it's really, it's not even unfair. It's really, you just got to go, you know what? My approach has to be different and I'm okay with that. So I've always had really effective women leaders around me. I grew, as you know, I've talked before about growing up in Adelaide and I had the best female leaders around me and I actually was thinking about it today not one of them 
was a moody or is a moody person. So I actually think we underestimate how much our ability to either be moody or the opposite would be to be stable actually has a massive impact on our leadership. So, G, over to you. Just mm. tell us a little bit about what do you do? How old are you and what do you do? So, hi guys. I'm Georgia, for those of you who don't know me. And I'm 18 years old. I am actually at uni studying psychological science at UQ. And I work at a cafe and I like singing and going to the beach in my free time. Yes, your Instagram is... <laughs> Like I always say, George's Instagram isn't real life. It's just color-coordinated beach life. Okay. Kind of real life. You do go to the beach I a do. lot. I try to. you got lots of friends who go to the beach. But it helps that we live in Brisbane. Mm. Well, we're actually really close to the Gold Coast. See, people think that we're like five minutes from the beach, like our interstate friends. And I'm like, no, we're actually like an hour away. No, not quite an hour. Burley's an hour away from our house. Oh, yeah, Burley's an hour. If If you want to go to the good beaches. (laughs) The good beaches, Burley, and then our favourite, of course, is Byron Bay. Although, we're not so sure about swimming there lately because you might get eaten by a shark. Yeah, that's not fun. Yeah, sharks are real. If you're listening and you're, like, not living in Australia, honestly, sharks are real here in Australia. Don't go swimming. Um, (laughs) G, describe... Describe to us your personality in three words. What would you say your personality is like in three Mm. words? I'd say easygoing, chill, and lots of fun. (laughs) That's six words, but or five words. Yeah, I lost count. Yeah, you're you're chilled. You're very easygoing. You're very placid. Is that a that's a good thing? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good thing. Like, you're very gentle, Mm. but you're a hard worker. And the reason that I wanted you to chat with everyone today is because you are like really even tempered, like not moody. Did you say thanks? Yeah. Okay. No (laughs) worries. You're welcome. So let's have a chat for a second about why people are moody. Like why do girls get moody? So I would say that, look, it can be a sign of a chemical or a hormonal imbalance, right? So that's not what we're talking about today. If you've got like a, a chemical or a hormonal imbalance um, and you're, you know, or perhaps even, you know, you've got some anxiety or some depression or something like that and you've got extreme mood swings, that's one thing. And you definitely need to go and get that looked at. You need to go and, you know, go to your GP or go somewhere where you mm-hmm. can sort that out. So that's not what we're talking about today. So I don't want you guys, if you really are struggling to control your moods because of a chemical imbalance, then go get that looked at. But what would be another reason? Do you think, G, that someone would be perhaps moody? I should say girls, not mm. people. I think that moodiness can be manipulative behavior where someone might be trying to get their way on something or maybe prove a point to someone else. And so they're manipulative. Yeah, 100%. Mm. I would say any time that someone is being moody, they're being moody because they want the other person or the people around them to know that they're not happy. Trying to prove a point to prove a point or to get their way. Mm. So ultimately, being moody is actually really selfish because, and it's manipulative because you're trying to control the people around you. So I taught you right from when you were little, right, that mm. I actually taught you the word manipulation. Do you remember that when I you were little? I actually do, yeah. Do you remember that? 
So I manipulation. Would, yeah, that's right. <laughs> she couldn't say the words. So she used to say manipulation. <laughs> she'd come home. She'd go, "Mom, mom, my friend is manipulating me." I'd be like, "What?" <laughs> but I taught you that on purpose because little girls often, and and not just girls, boys can do it too. But they learn to get their way by being manipulative. So I wanted you to learn from a really little girl, and I taught the boys this too, Mm. what it looks like when someone's being manipulative so that A, you didn't have to be at the butt end of that, receiving that, and number two, B, so that you wouldn't be someone that tried to get your way by being manipulative. So let's talk about for a second raising girls. So perhaps you are a parent or maybe you're wanting to be a parent soon. Let's talk about raising girls who aren't moody because little girls who are moody become big girls who are moody. True. So we need to nip it in the bud when our kids are little, when our girls are little. So, gee, I think you've got a story of something that you remember when you were about seven. Yeah. What happened when you got moody? So um, we're originally from... Adelaide and we moved here what in 20 2008 2008 um so when we first moved to Queensland I was not happy about it whatsoever honestly like Adelaide was like I thought I belonged there my best friends were there I loved it and then so when we moved to Queensland I was not a happy chap and so Apparently for the first six months, I don't really remember it. I have a bad memory when it comes to these things. But for the first six months, I would literally just walk around the house, walk around everywhere with just this grumpy look on my face. And I was moody 24-7. I was just not happy about moving to Queensland. And so mum and dad kind of put up with it for the first couple of months. Like obviously she's grieving moving states and she's yeah, missing her friends, friends and yeah. a lot of family that we missing church yeah we had a great church in Adelaide but then one day mum and dad came into my room with a camera <laughs> and took a photo of my face when I didn't realize and literally the photo is shocking like I have the grumpiest look on my face you were so dark at us for taking that photo yeah I bet you were like delete that right now why did we do that? Why did we take a photo of you? I guess just to prove to myself, like I don't think I actually realized at the time how grumpy I was all the time. So it was just a big wake up call for me to be mm. like, oh, I look like that 24 <laughs> seven. Yeah. And then we said to you, you've got a few days now mm. to sort yourself out. And if you don't, then we will sort you out for you. And get a smack. I think you got a smack. (laughs) Probably. I think you did. I think you couldn't sort yourself out. So we're like, okay. So I think when you're raising, um, when you're raising girls, right from the get-go, we need to have a really clear expectation in our houses that moods aren't acceptable. Because this is how I see it. I'm raising my little girl to one day not just be a leader um, to follow her God call, 
but also to be a wife and to be a mum. And I don't want to raise a little girl that ends up being a moody wife and a moody mum. Um, And so we had a really clear expectation in our house that moods were not acceptable. Mm. So we did this by, for example, we verbally made it clear. So we would often say to you, um, well, all through your growing up years, I would say to you, Bennett girls don't do moody. That was kind Mm. of the slogan in our house. Yeah. Um, What else did we do? I think um, like I don't necessarily, yes, I remember you saying that, but I think looking at the way you – acted at home and reacted to certain situations that you and dad were both really good examples on mm. not being moody that That's was a nice big one to know yeah. do you know I was actually really moody as a little kid well you aren't now I'm not now Omar did Omar helped Omar you helped. yeah yeah she actually <laughs> she bought me this little jewelry uh like a little thing to like a trinket box to put my earrings in mm. and on the top it said start each day in a happy way oh I didn't know that right and so when I was little I was so aware that I could be moody and I used to pray every morning please just help me to start each day in a happy way there you go that worked (laughs) so yeah we verbally made it clear we led by example Mm. and I think too we did discipline you I mean you very rarely got into moods but we did discipline you and we need to discipline it's not even so much the outward behavior of the mood it's the mm. inward heart um, that we need to disciple the moral heart of our kids. I'm really big on that. But I'll talk about that in another podcast. So um, I think let's have a look about what the Bible says about moods because there's, I mean, look, there's so many scriptures, but my absolute favorite would be Psalm 91 verse 1 that says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty. And that to me, that scripture means that when we abide in the presence of God and we've got God at the center of our hearts and our lives, that we can actually, and remember I told you this even in your teenage years, Mm. that you've got the ability to remain stable and fixed. That is what the scripture tells us, that when we dwell in his presence, we can stay stable and fixed. And that includes... In our emotions as well. Yeah, that's good. It's actually God's plan for us. Uh, and I understand that sometimes going through teenage years, you can kind of go up and down. Um, but we still kind of expected, um, I guess, self-control. Mm. And and that go and, and look, we all fly off the handle sometimes. You're actually funny when you get angry. <laughs> George is actually funny. She gets angry very occasionally and she's funny. <laughs> Mum just laughs at me. Yeah, because her version of being angry is like funny I can't even explain it It just is um I love this one do you want to read this scripture sweetie lamentations 3 verse 20 sure thing it says my soul continually remembers my my afflictions and my wanderings and is bowed down within me but this I call to mind and therefore I have hope the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases yeah so that first part of the scripture says that when our soul is continuously remembering or thinking about our affliction or about Mm. ourself and about how we feel and about what's going on in our life and me 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 it actually says that our soul will be bowed bowed down within us Mm. So in other words, you think about yourself, you're going to get moody. But then the next part says, but I call to mind and therefore I have hope, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. So we need to focus on God's truth, not 
what we're feeling about a particular mm. situation. So moodiness, I know this sounds hardcore, but it's actually a sin. Just like lying is a sin or stealing is a sin or anger is a sin. Um, we're, because we're focusing on ourselves instead of focusing on God. We're looking down at ourselves. We're focused on me, me, me. And I think that's something that we've tried to teach you is not to focus yeah. on you. Like, And we'll do another episode about this later. But even when it comes to your social media, I remember we taught yeah, you about that's how, a big one. Yeah, how not to make your social media all about you and the different rules that we had. We'll do that one another time. All right, let's look at moody leaders. Okay, what yes. kind of behavior do we see when a leader either a leader serving on your team or perhaps a leader mm -hmm. over you is moody what kind of behavior yeah um so a big one can be silent treatment like we said like to prove a point or a way of manipulating you um they can be unpredictable mm. like you might never know the day that you're walking into youth or into church or even like work how that person's going to react or act. Um, I had some really unpredictable people when I was teaching. Oh my goodness. The staff room in a school can be mm. really unpredictable. You get some real grumpy teachers. Yeah, I and do you get it. some great ones. Same at my work. Same at your work. <laughs> Even today. Anyway. Even today. Um, oh, we won't go there in case they They can be emotional. They can yeah. be rude. Yeah. Say whatever they want with no regard for what others are feeling. Yeah. Um, they can make everything about them get sulky. Oh, I hate sulky. Yeah, that's sulky and sullen. Not a good one. Yeah. You know what? Even if you have a little girl, like I, I did not let you be sulky or sullen. Mm. I was like, uh uh. You continue to be sulky or sullen. I remember dad, dad, he was hardcore. He used to even count to make you stop crying. Do you remember that? Yeah. You got to the count of three to stop crying, Georgia. <laughs> that's cruel. <laughs> what? <laughs> But do you know what? I, I know part of me was like, oh. But it actually taught you that you could control your emotions. Yeah, that's true, actually. I can't stand kids when they do crocodile tears. I mean, sorry, not that I can't stand kids. I can't stand <laughs> it when kids do crocodile tears. Yeah. And their parents have no idea. It's like, seriously. Well, and what what else? Um, I reckon another one is they get easily offended. Totally. Moody people who really their behavior is offensive, but they get easily offended. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. So emotionally, let's look at the opposite. What does it look like when you are an emotionally stable leader? Mm. Um, we've got lots of those around us. I think we've for got sure. so many examples of great girls around us Yeah, in our lives, in Youth Alive, in church. Um, mm. They're positive. They're always positive. Uh, they're genuine and authentic mm. they're consistent even on their bad days even if one of the girls some of the girls that I work with or that are in the academy even if they have a bad day they don't take it out on other people they have yeah. control self-control so yes we all have bad days and there's nothing wrong with feeling sad about that and talking to someone but they don't take it out on other people um they're I think non like emotionally stable people are the same at home as in public. Mm -hmm. I think we've tried to be that with you guys. We've tried to be, obviously we're a bit more casual at home, although we can be pretty casual out too, can't we? I yeah. think we try and be the same like Dad and I at home as in public. Do we do all right on that one? 
You sure do. <laughs> Lucky that because you could expose me right now. Um, when you are emotionally stable, you're careful with your words and your actions. Mm-hmm. I know sometimes I might think things in my head that I really want to say because someone really <clears throat> ticks me off. But I'm like, if in doubt, just don't say it. <laughs> don't send that text. Smile. Do not. Oh, my gosh. Gee. Have I taught you never, never, if you are mad with someone, never text. Never do stuff over text, guys. Yep. And never do it over email either. They have that and they can hold you to that for the rest of your life. Yeah. I've had someone a few years ago that was texting like people that they weren't happy with and mm. not, not nice texts. I'm like, you know what? You're just being a, you're being a bully. You're being bossy. And when I called them out on it, they got really mad at me. I'm like, don't get mad at me. I'm just calling you out. You cannot text people. Like, who are you to send a text like that to somebody? Yeah. It just does, honestly, it strips away your authority as a leader. And also, like, you might be sending a message not intending to be rude at all, but that other person can interpret that so differently. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Or they send a text, but then send a nice emoji with it. Yeah, emojis make everything better. <laughs> I've got my own emoji sticker now. Do you? Yeah, I've nailed it. Oh, you it. made one? The yeah. bit emoji? Yeah. And now, doesn't it look like me? Yeah, it does. I think so. Dad's is hilarious. It's good. Um, they treat others with dignity and respect. People mm-hmm. who are stable treat other people well. Oh, they're calm. They're, yeah. This is you. You are very calm. I can kind of lose it in an emergency situation, can't I? Yeah, mum really yeah. does. Yeah. I um, but you are so you are calm. You're more calm than me. Oh, that's that's nice to know. Yeah. So don't get in an emergency with me. Yeah, um, don't. <laughs> Mum will fend for herself and leave everyone. <laughs> I did that. Which kid was it? Oh my gosh, we were at a staff thing retreat at Murray Bridge in Adelaide, and mm. these swans, like in Adelaide, these swans are like vicious. They come up and they spread their rings out and they're like. I know you guys can't see me right now, but my arm is a swan <laughs> and I'm coming near George's head and they're like, <laughs> and they kind of want to attack your, your eyes. Anyway, this swan came running up to me. I think it wanted my food. I don't know. Maybe it had babies nearby. I think mm. I grabbed, I think it was Ashton. Yeah, I actually and you put the pram in front grabbed, of you. No, not, oh. I didn't put the pram in front. I put Ashton in front. Oh. I put Ashton in front of me in between me and the, and this angry swan or goose or whatever it was. To protect myself, I put my child yeah, yeah in so harm's way. moral of the story, <laughs> don't be with mum in an emergency. <laughs> no, I panic. Anyway, Georgia's calm. All right, let's have a look. Georgia and I are going to do a comparison now mm-hmm. between what effect does a moody leader have on, um, on you as a person, mm-hmm. uh, you know, underneath that leadership and what effect does a stable leader have? Yeah. Okay, so a moody leadership, you're going to do the moody leadership and then I'll flip over to the opposite and look at, well, then what does it look like when you're a stable leader? All right, Mm -hmm. so you start off. So nobody likes a moody person. And so when you're moody, people want to avoid you. We're talking particularly as a leader. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so they want to avoid you. Yeah, as... The opposite is, if you are a stable leader... People actually want to be around you. So your mood or lack of 
mood, whichever one it is, yeah. has a huge effect on your leadership. For sure. Okay, what else? You can easily break people's trust. Yep. And the opposite is if you are a stable leader, it builds trust with the people that are following you. Mm-hmm. Okay, what else? What happens if you're a moody leader? It damages relationships. Right, and isn't that the complete opposite to what a leader's meant to be doing? For They're meant sure. to be building relationships and so you want to be a stable leader not an Uh unstable leader next one is you impact teams in a negative way totally you're getting so close to your microphone i'm the same (laughs) and the opposite to that is a stable person actually creates a really strong team Mm mm-hmm Um, You can easily lessen your influence on the people around you. Right, because who wants to be, like, if you are moody and you're my leader, I will not want you to influence me. No. So the opposite is, if you're a stable leader, you actually build your influence over people's lives. Yeah. Next, people won't want to follow you. Right, which is kind of ironic because you're trying to be a leader. Mm-hmm. So the opposite is if you're a stable leader, people will actually want to follow you. Mm-hmm. People will avoid working with you. Yes. So if you are perhaps not even just in a church situation, but if yeah. you are uh, like when I was at school, oh my gosh, there were some teachers I did not want to work with because yeah. they were just moody. And yet the last couple of years I've been teaching with my teaching partner from my school And her and I were like a dream team. It was so sad when I left um, because she was not moody. She was so stable and so kind and so encouraging. Um, And I'm not moody. And so we wanted to work together. So stable leaders produce this environment where people want to work with you. Okay, what else, G? What else happens when someone's a moody leader? You can actually dishearten those around you. Totally. And the opposite to that is that you inspire people around you. Mm -hmm. And you know what, girls? You are all called. That's why you're listening to this podcast. You are called to influence and to inspire people around you. And so we want to be people that have great stability in our emotions. Yeah. And they're also self-focused. Yeah. So a moody leader just thinks about themselves all the time. Whereas um, a stable leader is others focused. Yeah. So your ability to remain emotionally stable will actually determine how effective your leadership is. So let me say that again. Your ability to remain emotionally stable will determine how effective your leadership is. We need to be the kind of girls that make other girls want to be like you. I don't think Mm. I've ever had a moody person in my life that I've gone, oh, oh, I really want to be like them. Yeah, me either. No. I mean, even I look at Georgia, you've been a leader for how long now? Like a year? Like, yeah, over a year. Yeah. And there and I would say there are so many girls that are under your care that love you and that want to be like you. And then equally, the people on the team that you serve with, they want to hang around you as well because you're kind. I'm great. You're great. Okay, we're going to have a bit of a break 
And I'm going to ask you a bit of a funny story from Georgia. So tell us what has been one of your most mortifying moments and you have to tell us when it was. Like how old were you? You can't get away with saying you were like (laughs) five when you did this. I mean, I'm just going to give a bracket. It could have been (laughs) five years up until now that this happened. So Closer to now. For those of you who know me, you know that I love animals. Like I'm such an animal lover from a young age. Animals have been my besties. Yeah. Remember when you were in prep and your teacher came back and said to me, oh my gosh, you went and visited an animal zoo. Yeah, a farm. A farm. And this alpaca was spitting on everyone. But you and you came straight up and I ran up threw to your it arms around her. And I've got it the was cutest cute. photo of you hugging this alpaca that was spitting on everyone else. So, yeah, I love animals. But so I had this pet fish called Romeo. It was a Siamese fighting fish. And I had it for a couple months and I loved mm-hmm. it. Um, and one day I went to go clean its fish bowl. And what I did is I got the bowl and I just was tipping a bit of the water out into the sink because I had to catch the fish with a cup. Um, But as I was tipping the bowl into the sink, like the water down the sink, the fish got caught in the water. Well, obviously it was in the water. He didn't get caught. He just flowed over. No, how do I explain it? Yeah, yeah. He flowed over. You were tipping the water out so that you could change the water. And And instead of taking the fish out, you just thought, I'm just going to tip the water out and hope the fish stays in. Well, okay, I'd done it before and it had worked perfectly. (laughs) Yeah, but you missed also putting a plug in the sink. But, yeah, and so the fish didn't go down the drain straight away. It, like, went into the sink. and I was like, Fell in the sink. Yeah, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I need to catch it. (laughs) And so I went to catch it, but it was, like, flopping around. And then it, like, fell down the drain and I was like... How did it get down the drain? Because you just were slippery. slippery. Yeah, he was like really slippery. So I was trying to grab it, but he was flopping. So yeah, it went down the drain and I was literally mortified. I was like, no, I did not just do that. And then I wanted to open up the drain (laughs) to try and catch the fish, but dad wasn't home and no one else knew how to open up the drain. And it was really sad. Like I'm literally so ashamed of that. And mum's making me share it on the podcast. But this is probably the downside to you being placid and real even-tempered is that sometimes you don't show like mass amounts of emotion over anything. And so when we got home, you never you never said anything. No, you were there. You were no, in was the, I there? Yeah, you and Liam. And you were like, what the heck have you done? No, I thought I was out. And, you, and I just came back and the bowl was empty. Did no. I imagine that? No. Yeah, you were there. But you are so silent. Georgia does these things and she just stays (laughs) silent. When she's naughty, when she was little, she would just be so silent. Like the time you went and spat your pumpkin in the toilet. Deal out of it. (laughs) But she's traumatized because she never got another fish since. Mm. All right. So let's just uh, let's finish off with the last few things about uh, being emotionally stable. There's what do you reckon would be the biggest myth about moodiness? I reckon a good one is I can't control my mood. Right. Like a full excuse. Well, I can't help it. Yeah. It's who I am. It's who I am. (laughs) It's just who I am. I woke up that way. I'm a melancholy personality. 
blah, blah, blah. So mm. we have to actually take ownership and responsibility for our own behavior and especially our moods. So it's actually a life skill to learn to manage our moods. Yeah. Yes. And a really important life skill. So managing your emotions is actually critical if you want to be an effective leader. And let's have a bit of a chat about how we can control our moods then. How can we control our moods? Um, yeah. So we can actually be self-aware of how we're coming across to other people. Oh my gosh. Self-awareness. Wow. Oh man. I wish I could teach that to so many people. Yeah. Right? Like you have to be aware of how you're coming across. Yeah. Some people have no idea. Like, you know, oh my gosh, close personal talkers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a big one. Like I was talking to someone today and they actually spat on me while they were talking. That's so awkward. You're like, do I wipe it away? (laughs) (laughs) I think I had to lick it away. No, you did not just say that. You did not just say that. Did they know that they just did that? And can they see it? And but you know why I do that? Because I'm embarrassed that they did that. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for, them. for you. <laughs> but I'm embarrassed for them because I'm super polite. I'm super self-aware. See, Dad would just make it known. <laughs> Dad would be like, "You right, mate? <laughs> just spit on me." Yeah, that's oh, so close disgusting. talkers. But yeah, being 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 self-aware, I would yeah. say. Most people who are moody know that they're being moody. Yeah. But people read into things. Like you might not even be annoyed at someone, but you might do one little thing and people read into it. So you always have to be careful how you're presenting yourself and how you're acting around people. That's true. Sometimes you find out later that someone's really offended by something you did and you're like, what? Yeah, you're like, I didn't even mean. What? That's why conversations are important. Yeah. I don't like offending people. Don't message. Sometimes I do. Yeah, don't message it. Do not message it. Um, I think too we need to understand the root cause of our mood because moods yeah. always have a root cause. The 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 moodiness, the act of being moody, the behavior, the huffy, puffy uh, behavior is actually really a root cause. Why are you moody? You need to get to the root cause of that mm. and and figure out why. Because you can't change what you can't acknowledge. I think that's a huge thing. If you can acknowledge that you are feeling a certain way or you're struggling with something, then you can do something about it. But if you're just like moody pants and stroppy and you can't acknowledge why, then you can't change it. Yeah. You can also actually pray about it and ask God to help you with your moodiness. Yeah. And, you know, thinking about it, I reckon that's what I did. Like I prayed when I was a little... Yeah, you said it before. Yeah. And then that's true. I'm not a moody adult. God heard my (laughs) prayer. Praise Jesus. (laughs) Um, I think too, we have to be really careful about what we say and how we say it as well. And just be aware. Look, and I know sometimes people will still get offended even when you don't mean it. But as much Mm. as possible, just be careful with how you say things and your tone. Yeah. And also don't make life about yourself, but always be thinking about how others feel. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of like the other one we said. If you even just lived by that, right, you would actually not be moody. Yeah. Because you're always thinking about yeah. others. 
being moody is actually making life about yourself totally all right so I just want to quickly go through um, what do you do if you have someone on your team who is moody or someone in your workplace who is moody or someone um, in your school who is moody maybe someone in your house now if it's in your house just tell them smack them (laughs) Um, I think on team um, just a couple of well three things you could do one is you need to set a really strong culture that moodiness isn't acceptable Um, And the greatest way to create culture is actually to tell stories. So affirm people who do behave the right way and affirm them in front of others. Um, And so moody people start to get the drift. Another way um, to set strong culture is to create the culture you want by verbally setting the expectation. So like when we ran our team, um, our youth team back in Adelaide, and obviously we're working with a lot of young people Mm -hmm. and young leaders, We would actually say things like, you know, if we've got a problem, guys, we talk about it. We're family here. Sometimes family don't get along and that's okay, but we see it through and we talk it through. This is a safe space. The second thing you can do, so one, set strong culture that it's not acceptable. Two, if the person still doesn't get the hint from setting culture and kind of doing it more in a group setting, call it out and have the difficult conversation. Be understanding and encouraging, but be firm. Yeah. And just let them know that that's, you know, and get to the root cause. Like I know I've had so many conversations with different people this year and sometimes it's just me coming in and getting right in at their heart level and just talking to them about, you know, hey, I think maybe perhaps you're struggling with rejection or you're struggling with insecurity. And, yeah. and oftentimes they end up crying because they're like, eh, you're right but it's coming out in moodiness and it just takes someone to come in and have that conversation. Um, And thirdly, this is one thing that I've definitely done with girls over the year, over the years, is this, keep your friends close and your enemies closer, right? What I mean by that is I'm not saying that people on your team are an enemy, but if someone's got a moody behavior, then that behavior is kind of like an enemy in your team. So what I do is if someone's causing unrest amongst other team members, I actually catch up with that person personally more than I catch up with anyone else. Like I have coffee with them or invite them over. I just do life with them a bit more and I pull them into my world. I don't confront them head on. Sometimes it's not a good idea to confront head on, but I get into their heart over time and it tends to calm them down. And often that way, the ones who start off the biggest troublemakers end up being your biggest advocates because they've seen your heart and they want to push your vision forward even more than anyone else on yeah, the team. Yeah, that's good. So let's finish with this, G. From your point of view, not you're not leading a team like, like we like I am but you're a part of a team yeah so if you're part of a team and one of your peers on team is moody what do you do okay so I feel like for me I've always been like this I do not like drama or like even confrontation I just avoid it so for me when I see someone being moody I kind of just steer clear of it and I don't look for it and I don't get involved in it. Yeah. So, yeah, I just don't really get involved if there's someone moody around. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I'll be rude to them. No. You're always kind to people. Yeah. But you just don't get involved in the drama, hey? No. I think I might do a whole podcast on that. Starve the oxygen out of the drama. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) I think girls need that sometimes. All right. Well, you guys have been amazing 
Can you sing a little song for us going out, G? No like way. Yeah. I'm sick at the moment. Yeah, she's I'll got sound cold. terrible. She's been sniffing and snorting away from the microphone. <laughs> so we've been Probably chatting. have to edit it out. Just a little song. No, just, you're really putting me on the spot here. What, what's the latest Youth Alive one you've just been singing? <laughs> I'm not singing anything. Yeah. If you guys want to hear my voice, go to Youth Alive. No, kidding. <laughs> well, they've just been to Youth Alive. No, I was going to say go on iTunes. Oh, yes. To, is it Youth Alive Music? Yeah, I think you yeah. just look up Youth Alive Music, Spotify. And you can hear all the new songs. Brand new songs that we've just released. How exciting. Awesome. So, we yeah. love you guys and we will be back next week. See you later. See ya.